Welcome to another episode of the TatCast. I am your host, Fender765. I'm just butchering this intro right off the bat, but we are the podcast home of the adultgamer.com, a group of adults from all walks of life who enjoy playing video games and keep on doing those adult things. And like I said earlier, I'm Fender765, but most just call me Finn. With me, I am joined by the man who is looking forward to August 9th, 2024. Because that is when we will finally be able to see the Borderlands movie. Mr. Optimus Fett, how are you, sir? The the greatest dumpster fire to ever be set on the cinema screen. You know what's happening is they're just waiting for, you know, the writers and all that, the strike stuff to get over so they can get back to, you know, making this masterpiece even better with (laughs) more explosions and more guns and all the things that it needs to make it just the most amazing thing. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. That, 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 that's it, right? That's, that's what we're doing. <laughs> okay. Well, Ugo says we need to bring back the uh, beatbox intros. That was the, that was the time I've I, mouth music hop. We've missed it, man. We need to get, I think Dead Meat stopped listening to the show because the mouth music no longer happened. <laughs> that was a good time. It was a fun time. Yeah. I mean, whatever mood you came in, you were just riffing and making it go. So, yeah. Maybe maybe Uba will bring well, it in. Maybe if we, get, if we get enough requests on the tag Discord, we'll do a <laughs> hot beatbox intro special. There we go. How, is like is this one of those like old school like Facebook or Twitter things like if I get a thousand likes I will uh yeah I will yeah, do yeah. something really yeah. stupid or you know whatever right uh, that yeah. uh, that was a trend right um yeah. well let's let's get back onto why we do this I mean we're we're a video game podcast we represent a community of gamers that. Uh, we know that we enjoy just chit-chatting about most things in the world. I mean, you could talk about games, food, sports, what have you, retro games, current-gen games, anything. We got got a little bit of everything at, at theadultgamer.com, right? That's correct. That is correct. All right, sir. Well, you have... 
you know, well, a while ago we talked about, you know, the resurgence or the revitalization of the old Call of Duty servers. And I think that you have gone down a rabbit hole. Oh, I had to take them for a test drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so give um, us a, a review of these games X number of years sure. later, right? Yeah, I'll go through. I'll, uh, I'll reorder my list. Let's see. Um, so uh, I fired up Black Ops 1. Works great. Um, it's a bit slow, but still kind of fun. There's some clunkiness to it, but the core gameplay is really good. Very similar to Cold War. It's it's a lot. It's more realistic with its weapons, um, kind of like Cold War uh, was. Like you know, it's definitely set in that Cold War era. There's no um, there's no crazy guns or lasers or anything. Um, it's kind of a timeless Call of Duty game before they got carried away with some shenanigans. Um, Black Ops 2, there's a little bit more future tech in it. The gameplay's a little bit smoother and it feels better. Like the mantling's quicker. There's just a, a little bit more of a smoothness to the movement. But that is the game that's like notorious for a bunch of hackers that have like hacked Xbox 360s. And they are all over that game. Like almost every game of TV. Team Deathmatch, there's a hacker. Um, every fourth game of Domination, you'll end up with a hacker in the lobby. And it just kind of ruins the fun because they'll turn on stuff like uh, unlimited headshots or uh, they'll turn it into some weird mode. And it's just, it kind of sucks. So um, as much as I love Black Ops 2, still trying to play it in 2023 kind of sucks because of all the cheaters. And then I just, I was going, since I was playing 1 and 2, I was like, you know what, let me fire up Black Ops 3 again. Um, because I have a copy on the PS5, which got a uh, 4K update. It never got one on Xbox. So um, I tried to play the PvP on Black Ops 3 again. And I just can't do that weird jetpack while running Black Ops PvP. It didn't It didn't work for me. It worked for Titanfall. It doesn't work for this game. <laughs> and then I went back to a little game you and I used to play a lot, Black Ops 4. Um not so much for the blackout though, although I probably will play some of that. But I wanted I wanted to play the PvP because I remembered that X Defiant was similar in its structure as Black Ops Four, and and it is. Um, and I was having a lot of fun with that recently, and it's it looks great on the Series X. That runs 4K 60 and looks amazing. Um, I don't own um any of the old. Modern Warfare's. I have like the Modern Warfare 2 remaster, which has no PvP, um, and I I don't own what's uh, the other one. I do have World at War, but I haven't tried that one on uh, online yet. Cause I'm not a big World War 2 guy. But that's my report on the Black Ops games. The servers work great. You can find games real easy. It's just with Black Ops 2, lots of hackers. Black Ops 1 works pretty good. I even played with Sith. We had a good time. Um, other than that, I finished this season's Battle Pass on Modern Warfare 2, and I, I think I'm retiring from Modern Warfare 2 Battle Passes. I'm not saying I'm going to stop playing the game, but I'm definitely not buying the Battle Pass. It took, I even with 20 tier skips, it felt like I was working a part-time job just to finish the fucking Battle Pass on that game. So, uh, taking a break. Welcome to Modern uh, Gaming. Right? Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, I'm on uh, Act 2. Act 1 was awesome, and I'm in Act 2 now, and the story's cool. And now I'm like a super samurai ninja with all the cool tricks I can do. Um, story's really good. Gameplay is really fun. I'm really enjoying that game. Um, 
my son said he wanted to play Fortnite, and he installed it on the Switch. I told him I'd play with him, and the crossplay works great. I gave him my Hyper HyperX Cloud Alpha headset, so he's rocking my old Cloud Alphas. You remember those from Legendary Knights of Blackout? Um, oh yeah, and and we've won three victory royals on his, and I'm sure those are bot filled lobbies, but it it put a sense of confidence. And we've only played like five games, and we've won three of them. Um, but it's for the greatest thing, man. Epics crossplay shit works perfectly. The voice chat works perfectly. Like he's even on Wi-Fi in the other room on the switch and it, there was no discernible like latency or lag or anything. It was, it was great. I'm playing on the series X with 120 frames and he's out on the switch. I don't even know what that game runs on the switch. I don't know it might just run at 30 frames, but he's all right with it. And, and then today they had a sale on the PlayStation store and two of the games I had on my wish list, which were the Atari 50th anniversary collection was on sale. And the, uh, Darius Arcade Collection that M2 ported were on sale, so I spent a little time with those. The Atari Collection is awesome if you grew up with Atari. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. There's Jaguar games, 2600 games, 7800 games, 5200 games, arcade games, prototype games. There's video history stuff. There's current interviews, former interviews. If you're an Atari fan or historian or even just a game historian, it's probably worth checking out. And the Darius Arcade Collection, if you're a hardcore shmup fan uh, and you're old school like me, then you got to have that one too. But yeah, so that's, uh, there might be some other stuff I left off, but that's kind of like the most exciting things I've checked out in the past two weeks. Well, thank you for the rundown on the Black Ops multiplayer. It, it's still yeah, wild you, to me that those things are... Uh, if you reinstall four, we can do some blackout again, you know, for old times. <laughs> Maybe I'll even let you fly a helicopter. I, I'm pretty sure you have deemed that irresponsible and never to happen again. So, <laughs> you know, or maybe just wait till I'm sober. That that might be more important. <laughs> um, that was a good night. That was a great night. Uh, the, yeah, for me, it's, you know, been the same with hunt showdown as my like just go to hanging out game uh having some good times and then uh i've tried exo primal a few more times and you know we talked about last show good looking game i've had some fun with it but it's just not calling me so i don't know how far i'll get it but we do have some people in tag who've really gone full speed at it uh, I know like McSwitch and Audible Silence, uh, Jingle Jang, like some of those guys, they're, they're really enjoying it and having fun. And they've gotten to the point where they've unlocked some of the, I guess, raid like elements in the game. And hey, more power to you guys. I'm glad you found your joy with that game. So but then a little game that I've been looking forward to for a while now, Remnant 2 uh, dropped and I have been going full speed at that. Now, right now, it's kind of in a funky little state the co-op is a little messed up there's been a lot of issues where hop you'll you'll love this and and it's a reason why i haven't played with anybody uh it overwrites people's saves um it kind of goes it's i haven't i don't know which way it goes but there's been a lot of reports of people playing with each other and then when they log back in they have the save of their co-op partner on their file. Rather oh, than, yeah. That's awesome. You mean like when the ascent overwrote my character? Yep. <laughs> yep. That, that, Jeez. 
So they're trying to fix that. And it, there's like a very, like, it seems like there's a very specific thing that has to happen for it to cause that, but it, it's not worth the risk at this point. Um, and then this is something I didn't know about the first game, but it was, it was this way in the first game, but I never noticed any issues with it. They do server side verification for like damage and oh, for your, yeah, oh, interesting. for like deaths and all that stuff. Well, it's peer to peer, so it's not to a uh, linked up to a central server or anything. So if I'm playing with my friends, if my internet's not super great, they may die a bunch because they're not getting the information fast enough to dodge, or they're not dealing the damage fast enough to kill something. You know, so there's been a lot of uh, videos out there where people are like instantly dying and the animation for the enemy hasn't even done its attack yet or they haven't done enough damage they're like they've they've dealt enough damage from their side but the server hasn't recognized it and then the enemy doesn't die and so like ends up killing them anyways things like that it's just becomes this big like massive issue so you know, I haven't played the co-op yet, and that's where I had the most fun in that game was playing co-op with Warlock and McSwitch, Romano, lots of other people. And now I can't really do that because there's lots of bugs with it. And it's just it's unfortunate because it is a fantastic game. Uh, it's like Dark Souls uh, with guns in a lot of ways, but uh, you can get you can do a melee build that is pretty dope when you trigger all the effects and you can just kind of run rough shot, just swing in your sword or hammer or whatever, you, whatever melee weapon and just destroy everything uh, for a few moments and then turn around and use a bunch of shotguns and blast the remaining bits down if you need to. So I'm having fun with it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I think I'm about two thirds of the way through the game, maybe a little closer to the end. I'm not sure. So it's still, it's great. And it's, it's on my list for, up there for game of the year. We'll see how it finishes off and if they can get the co-op stuff kind of ironed out here soon so I can get into the adventure modes with that. Uh, I'm going to kind of shift gears for a second because I want to talk about something Mm -hmm. with you up because usually we get into the news, but while I was playing this game, it made me realize something that, you know, there, there's some similarities to this game and other games, but One of the things I noticed is I'm really engaged in this game. I'm really enjoying it. And it got me thinking about like Diablo 4 for a second. And I was like, dude, that's so funny because I so wanted to bring up Diablo 4 with you also. Yeah. Continue. continue, continue. So (laughs) I was thinking, I was like, I love Diablo. Diablo 1, Diablo 2, Diablo 3. And I love Diablo 4. But something about the gameplay loop in Diablo 4 just kind of like was just like it, it just became like autonomous for me in so many ways and while i had fun i enjoyed the story but as soon as i got done with it all the grind all the gear chasing all that stuff just didn't appeal to me you know watching the numbers go up and, and getting higher damage numbers getting uh hitting rank 100 wasn't something i cared to go to so you know i just got to a point with that game and i was just like I- i'm done right like i the, the side missions like were fun, but I didn't really care to go finish them all. I didn't really want to go find all the altars of Lilith or anything like that. So 
it just like something just and the Diablo thing just was not pulling me in anymore. And and I'm not discrediting those who have loved it and are still playing it religiously to this day. More power to you. I'm happy you have your game. It's just has not been my thing. But with Remnant, I can't put it down. With Diablo 4, at towards the latter half of the game, I was kind of getting sleepy with the game. Like, I was enjoying it. I was having fun. But I just was like, eh, I don't need to play this. But Remnant, I'm like, I want to get in there. I want to I want to figure out what the hell's going on and I want to solve it. I want to solve the mystery and I want to have fun with it. And I, and I want to see what's, what is else is there and all the nooks and crannies. Cause there's a bunch of side missions and things I've kind of skipped through. Cause I've been working through the main story. So like, I just, I, I got to this thought, like, man, is like the action adventure genre, like Diablo is like, am I just falling out of love with that genre? And is that just not my thing anymore? Definitely something broken with sort of the gameplay loop of Diablo 4. Because, man, there's been a huge drop-off. Like, nobody... I wouldn't say nobody, but the percentage of my friends that were playing it when it came out for those first couple of weeks and doing the story was huge. And the percentage playing now is like one person. Um... And then if you look, like if you're on the Reddit, I left the Reddit because it got, when they did that first patch, oh my God, that Reddit got so toxic. I was like, all right, I'm just leaving because I don't even want to read this. Um, but I still get, you know, sometimes on the Reddit, I don't know if you use the Reddit app, but it'll say suggested suggested subs or whatever. And I saw a thing like, am I the only one loving this game? I just started playing it and all I see is a bunch of hate for it. But um, And even in our own Discord, a lot of people are just, they got really burnt out after the the initial campaign was good. And through the initial campaign, you get to like, what, 50, 60? And somewhere around 70, you hit a wall with leveling, and it just it becomes a fucking grind. And it's also not... There's not enough um, fun things to do in the game. Like, there's not really anything super fun or super cool to do. And... Kind of the gameplay, I would agree with you, the gameplay loop is kind of monotonous. And I think that's, Remnant's a more engaging kind of action, action RPG. Yeah. Uh, where you actually have to do blocking and attacking. And that's like Ghost of Tsushima for me. That game is, dude, I'm just like, you know, and if you time the parry right, I can blow the guy's block and open him up and get an instant slash. And like that kind of like, I get like an adrenaline rush playing Ghost of Tsushima. Diablo literally, like you, like you, uh, it's pretty monotonous and it gets pretty. Like okay. it puts, if I'm tired, I can't play Diablo. I'll just fall asleep. Yeah, you I go in autopilot with that game, right? It's just like yeah, oh, like yeah. Um, oh, I'm feeling the same thing. A a a x x trigger trigger a a x x trigger trigger. It like you just kind of go through that, and you know, I know I remember you saying you started rocking a druid class, and you were like, oh, lightning and this or you know whatever. And I was, I was like, man, when I had fun when I went to the shape shifting class, but then eventually it, I had to keep changing kind of my game, the skills I was using because it became this just pattern of yeah. series of buttons over and over again. So yeah, there's definitely something about well, and I think what what makes it even all, the more is there's not enough gear variety or synergy to mm-hmm. keep you interested and there's not enough good gear like it's such a grind to get anything good like 
on my rogue that I made for quote unquote the Eternal Realm, you know, the first before yeah. the season started, you know, I I had hit that. I was in the mid '60s, and it was like all the gear I would find would be worse than gear I found when it was in my '50s. I was like, why am I even fucking playing this game? Well, like I was like, I don't know if it was stupid. fat or uh, what it do or you know who it was, but they're talking about just like the the gear chase became like once people started saying like oh this these gear pieces are in the 80s and up or whatever it's like it just really just dropped the whole like i i I don't want to grind that far so it just i completely lost my interest in um yeah and i i don't think we're alone and, I don't think. And then the I I I booted it up to check out the the malignant heart stuff or the season of the malignant or whatever they call mm-hmm. it, and it just it wasn't interesting to me. It just did not seem engaging. And no, this first season's pretty pretty lackluster, and I have the season pass, but luckily I didn't have to activate it. I'm hoping that they do kind of a revamp for season two on that stuff yeah well i mean again there's plenty of people who are enjoying it and i'm not trying to knock the game because i do think it's a it's a stellar game oh it's a great game it's just something it's missing something that which the other games had like the question came up to me it's like we have Baldur's gate 3 coming out will that be something i'm interested in or will it be very similar to diablo we have dragon's age dreadwolf now I loved the first Dragon Age. I loved Inquisition. And uh, Dragon Age 2 was fun, but it was more action-y than the original Origins. And Inquisition had still kind of that RTS uh, vibe to it, where you can kind of command your party members to do different things mm-hmm. if you need to, which I really See, enjoyed I that piece. In. I couldn't get into that game. Okay, fair, fair, fair. I mean, not, and not everybody's going to like everything. But, right, you know, I... I that was, you know, that tactical piece helped me feel more involved in the game. Whereas, I don't know, I, I still think Diablo is one of my favorite franchises. I just, you know, I'm glad I played it. I'm glad I bought the game. Like, it's not like I'm regretting anything with this game at all. Well, it's, it's just. Yeah, so I'm, it's going to, they're going to. They're, I'm sure they're seeing the feedback. They're going to be changing stuff. That Diablo 3 kind of launched in a crap state too. Oh, I enjoyed the hell out of Diablo three when it first launched. So, I mean, I well, I just I didn't yeah. I couldn't play it at first launch. I didn't have a PC, and all I know is that they kept tweaking it and tweaking it. Yeah, um, but I mean, and Sith in the chat brought up a really good point. He was just like, "Hey, you know, he couldn't play it uh, if he was drinking because he fell asleep." But he also talked about how, yeah, you know, there's a lot of things that they will hopefully update and change, and it'll be a more well-rounded game around the first DLC, which you know will probably be true. It will be a very different game in a lot of ways because I mean, Diablo three was nothing like it was by the time their expansion came out. With uh, well, what do they call that expansion? Oh shit! Whatever. But the the one where it had the fallen angel that you had to deal with, right? Yeah. Um. So by the time it came to that, it was a completely different game. Plus that added in a whole ton of new, better life improvements as well as just really cool aspects of the game, like the, uh, the chamber, the, the dungeon that you could endlessly run. Um. The rifts. Yeah, the rifts. There he goes. So 
you know, that was uh, Reaper of Souls. Thank you, Sith, for getting that to me, the, the DLC. But there's going to be two DLCs for Diablo eventually. And, you know, I do think those will be enough to bring me back to the game. But I don't know if the seasons will be enough unless somebody's just like, oh, my God, the story in this season is super great. So, all right. Thanks for that little deep dive. I, I That just came out of nowhere, but playing Remnant had me thinking about it, just how much I'm engaged with that game versus Diablo. Mm-hmm. And Diablo is obviously right. the bigger game, right, in terms of uh, notoriety and people being able to, like, say, I know that franchise, obviously, compared to Remnant. So, right. All right, let's get into some news. You mentioned that you were playing Nintendo, or you were playing Fortnite with your son on Crossplay, but he was playing on the Switch, did you see mm-hmm. these uh, rumors from Video Game Chronicles about yeah. uh, the a next gen switch? A next gen switch supposedly launching sometime in the second half of twenty twenty four. Well, that I mean, yeah, everybody. It makes sense. Nintendo's going to want to sell through all of their switches this holiday with their new games. Then they're going to show the next switch probably May, June, July, sometime as we get into summer. And hype it up for a 2024, like, October-November release or September-October release. Because they don't want to they don't want to reveal it now because they don't want people to not buy a Switch. Like, the people that don't follow game news every day like we do because we're dorks. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. And I'm just hoping that it is that they follow suit with kind of what, what Sony and Microsoft have done with these last two machines. And it's... Basically, it's a more advanced Switch architecture that will still play the older Switch games because it would suck to have to like rebuild. Yeah, Seth just mentioned that. He just said, "Please be backwards compatible." And you know, Nintendo has never done done it before. I mean, yeah, they have. Yeah, the Game Boy Advance, the Game Boy Color played all Game Boy games. The Game Boy Advance played all Game Boy Color and Game Boy games. The D, the you know, the Nintendo DS played. Uh, Game Boy Advance games that had a Game Boy Advance slot on it. The the Wii you played the Wii Man, games. Man, you're like you're like digging deep though to go Game Boy and all that, right? To talk about backwards compatible. Well, the Game Boy, it seemed like that that system they kind of had a lot of backwards compatibility. GameCube games played on the Wii. I think a lot of people forget that a lot of Nintendo consoles had some backwards compatibility. Okay. Could your Super Nintendo play Nintendo carts? No. <laughs> well, but, um, the physical form, the N64, obviously. Yeah. Right. But but as they went on, like I mean, the the uh, I think the Game Boy Color playing the old Game Boy games, that wasn't too big of a jump, but the next one between the GameCube being able to play or the Wii being able to play all the GameCube games and the Game Boy Advance being able to play all the Game Boy uh, games, that was, you know, so they've done it before. So we'll, well see. But the, I guess the big thing was essentially when they went from the Wii or Wii U to the Switch, like that's when you started seeing people have the Nintendo online with the Wii, right? Or the Wii U having the games. Because I remember I bought like Mario 64 on my parents' Nintendo Wii when I, a long time ago just because I was like, I want to play Mario 64 again. Right. And I bought it digitally. Well, they shut that. Yeah, yeah. they shut that and service I, down. Yeah. yeah. So stuff like that is kind of the interesting thing. That, but yeah, hopefully. We'll see what they do. It, would, it I, sounds like they've th- put a lot more uh, back-end support into the current generation of their um, online 
on sort of online service. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, how do you feel about the rumor of it not having an OC or OC? Wow. OLED screen versus them keeping it with just a regular LED screen. Um, I mean, I've seen both in person. The OLED does look better, but if cost, if Nintendo's trying to release it under a certain cost, then they'll probably release an LCD version first. And as they figure out how to make it cheaper, they'll do an OLED. I mean, I don't care because I don't play portables. <laughs> true. That is true. You, you don't care for any of that. All right. Well, that's awesome that the, the, I guess the news cycle really, or the rumors cycle has been going for a long time with the Nintendo Switch, whatever Mm -hmm. the next Switch may be, the Super Switch. They've been talking about it for two years at minimum. Probably, they've been talking about it since before the Series X came out. It's insane. But I really do hope they go with the Super Switch as a nod to the Super Nintendo entertainment system. So, um, but either way. That'd be interesting. All right. So PlayStation uh, 5 just got some uh, updates to the console, uh, including Dolby Atmos. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, HDMI with HDMI device support. Some other features for the user and uh, UI as well as social things. But the one I think that I think Sony just keeps finding ways to win in this uh, console space is uh, they are beta testing out a ability to have another up a larger capacity before for expandable drives, such as the M.2 SDGs. So right now you can install a M.2 SSD that's four terabytes, but now this beta feature is allowing up to eight terabytes in that expandable port. They're also a lot cheaper than the uh, proprietary Xbox. Exactly, one. and it, it's it's screaming, you know, HD DVD versus Blu-ray all over again. <laughs> What's interesting is the internal hard drive on the Series X is a standard M2 NVMe drive. Yeah. And I understand why they went with those cards because then you don't have to open the machine, right? The PS5, you it's not like a massively intrusive thing. You slide these covers off. You do need a screwdriver. You take a little panel off. It's a little, you know, I think you could have made probably a simple access panel that that you could have slid off and slid it. NVMe in, you know what I mean. Yeah. I think they could have engineered a way. Um, so I don't know. All right. The only problem with with the Microsoft solution is that they're expensive, and for the longest time, Seagate was the only provider which kept them expensive. Now that Western Digital is making them, they have dropped a little bit, but they're still not as affordable as the uh, stock NVMe drives. I don't remember where I read. Which article I read this from, I feel like it might have been a Windows Central thing. I, I don't know. But there was a really interesting kind of thought experiment that essentially these proprietary memory cards from Microsoft or from Xbox and Seagate weren't really necessarily like maybe initially they were uh, 
exclusive to Seagate, but maybe the when that exclusivity deal went up, Western Digital and several of the other hard drive manufacturers out there were just kind of like, yeah, we don't see value on our end at this point with it, right? So the exclusivity just kept going because nobody cared to buy it. And could be true, you know, and now Western Digital has it, but it's still super expensive. So, yeah, I, you know, Sony, I mean, I'm not going to fault them. They, they made a ugly looking machine, but it, it's, a, oh, it's, yeah, it's hideous. That's why I hide mine behind the TV. It, it it's a workhorse <laughs> and it, they, they did a lot of really good things with their, uh, ability to expand it and add on to it. So the, uh, interesting thing that you brought up those plates, like removing it. I just had a thought mm-hmm. today because I was I saw something about the LeBron James uh, side plates. You obviously the Spider Man thing, and I was sitting there thinking, I was like, you know what? Like that was so smart of Sony. Like they don't have to sell a brand new console; they can just sell these plates for a stupid, crazy. Well, markup. the three sixty, the three sixty had and those face. That's what I was that? gonna go with. That's that. It just dawned on me that the three sixty did that so long ago. The and, first version, yep. yeah, and I had I had a couple cool ones. I had this one that was awesome. It was a Transformers kit, and the faceplate was actually clear, but it came with a bunch of um, like kind of plastic inserts of various Transformer characters. Oh yeah, and so of course I, I put Grimlock in there, and uh, that was really that was one of my favorites. And I had the Gears of War faceplate that I got for, I think, pre-ordering Gears of War 2 or something. I don't remember. But, yeah, that was a cool little thing that they did back then. I don't know why they don't do that stuff anymore. Although PlayStation's starting to do it now with uh, these things. But it it seems like, I don't know if it was because of the whole pandemic that everything just, certain things were deemed not important. So they got put on the back burner or what? No, I think think there's some things, like, I think with PlayStation – you know, I'm willing to bet they knew that this is something they wanted to do, but you can't just launch that the same time you launch the console. First, you got to launch the console. You got to get the install base. But then you're like, all of a sudden, people are like, they've been staring at their PlayStation, this white monstrosity in front of them for however many years now. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, you know what? How can you dress this up a little nicely and take it out to dinner? Well, here's a new place face or these side plates that have different designs and they're limited edition and all this stuff. And now people are like, well, I've been staring at this white stuff for a long time. Let me, I'll throw 60 bucks at it and get a new plate and swap it out. And boom, Bob's your uncle. Here we go. I got a brand new looking PlayStation and I didn't have to spend $500 to get it. Right. Uh, so I think they knew what they're doing. Like you just had to wait a little bit longer, so people could just be like, you know, I'm tired of seeing it staring at this white monstrosity. All right, here we go. I can now dress it up really nice. So I I think it's they they knew what they're doing. They were waiting for people to kind of get a little complacent with it. And now they want to be in a new position with it. So, um, but yeah, no, the 360 with those face plates were those those. They they pushed that real hard for a while, and then towards the end of this, the 360 life cycle, they kind of backed away from it. Well, the because they revised the 360, and um, there was no the, the the whole configuration of the machine changed, so there was no. The, I don't think they wanted to keep the design, so yeah. 
Well, and they also started doing the special edition consoles that were selling like hotcakes. Yeah. I mean, because I got the Gears of War 3 one, and it's still one of my favorite consoles of all time. I wish that uh, I never sold it. Um, but it it was a fan. I just made that gear sound when you press the power button, you know, that like kind of Halloween sound that you get in the initial menu. Oh, man, it was so great. But anyways, again, PlayStation just... I mean, they're they're doing some great stuff over there. All right, we talked about uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, how it had a smaller map a while ago, but it's come out through some uh, a French interview uh, where one of the designers, uh, lead producers, he talked about the game being around twenty hours, uh, twenty to twenty five hours, I would say, uh, maybe thirty after that, if you wanted to go like really deep and go completionist. Wow. That's, I mean, Valhalla, some, somebody said, takes 80 to 100 hours yeah. if you want to do it. Oh, I believe it. Which... I'm pretty sure I spent like 70 to 80 hours on Odyssey. Or not Odyssey, uh, Origins. So, I, I believe it. The reason why I haven't played it. not And I love Vikings. Yeah, I love everything I did, related to it. I did Origins just because I loved Egypt. And I started Odyssey and I looked at the map and I was like, oh, I think I'm good. <laughs> I just stopped playing it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's one of those things. It's like, man, Mirage is starting to sound more and more like a game I want to check out uh, as soon as it can release. But I think that will be a game I'll definitely wait on. I'm not going to be, you know, oh, pre-ordering yeah, no. or anything. No. All right, Hop. I didn't know if you heard the news or not, but sometime in 2024, maybe like Aprilish or so, uh, Xbox is finally getting a game that's been out for like ten. 10 years or so. Uh, Final Fantasy 14. X, uh, That's Phil, crazy. Yeah, Phil Spencer got on stage with Yoshi P and some other people and was like, yo, we're going to bring Xbox or Final Fantasy 14 to Xbox, and that's going to include faster loading times, 4K support, uh, lots of other things, and it'll be ready for the newest expansion uh, that summer called Dawn Trail. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's really good that they're making some roads with the Japanese publishers. And then they also announced that they would be working on, with Square on some future projects. So that's really good for Xbox because, I mean, it seemed like this past six months that they kind of somehow inadvertently lost ties with Squaresoft. I don't know. I don't know what Phil had to do. I don't know how much money he had to throw at them, but it'll be worth every penny for Xbox to have that on their platform now like to me like i don't know if it is like i know there's plenty of people that want it but the number of people that already play it or the people that are interested in playing it i just don't know if there's enough who will carry over to xbox and play it or if there's enough that will um you know new players that are on xbox only will go There'll oh, yeah. be a ton of Xbox players that have never played it. I've never played it. Not not that I'm going to. I was gonna I say do MMOs. That's, that's my question, but, though, right? My thought. Well, but that's just because I don't do MMOs. But if you're an MMO junkie, let's say you've been playing Elder Scrolls mm-hmm. Online this whole time, and you see that drop, you're like, "Oh, this is a different MMO that I've never played." You might jump over there. Well, I guess you know there there is. That is a valid point, but I just can't. I just don't know if that's enough, right? You know, but 
whatever. I still think it's a great thing. I think it's a win for Microsoft. It's been something that they've been trying to do for ages, or at least a little while. So they finally managed to make it happen. And for those that do like MMOs, and hopefully this is everything you want it to be. And it just it's supposed to be really good. I've yeah. heard nothing but good things about it. And hopefully it launches after, after Yoshi P came in and fixed it. It was a hot mess at launch. It took a couple of years to fix it. Well, I've heard that they, they kind of revitalized the whole game. Yeah. They had to like yeah. completely just they didn't they like call it rebirth or something like they just or like that. they did mm-hmm. something where they the title of whatever expansion that kind of just changed everything was like almost tongue in cheek with the fact that they were just changing everything on them. So. Alrighty, sir. Well, that's it for my news that I found interesting. Let's uh, hear about August and the month of games that are coming out. Uh, let's see. All right, we got Ninja or Die August second on PC. Subtitled Shadow of the Sun. I don't even heard of this game. There's <laughs> uh, a game called Adore. It's on basically all platforms. August third. Flutter Away PC, August 3rd. Tiny Thor Switch, August 3rd. I don't think that's Marvel's Store. That's got to be... No, it's though. something different. <laughs> Death Becomes You. PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch, August 4th. Gord, PC, PS5, and Series X, August 8th. Tower of Fantasy, that's a PlayStation exclusive, August 8th. WrestleQuest, is this like a wrestling RPG? PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, August 8th, Legend Bowl, um, consoles, August 9th, Atlas Fallen, PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, August 10th, Stray, the Xbox release, August 10th, that was previously a PC and PlayStation, Stray Gods, the role-playing musical, all right, this is <laughs> all platforms, August 10th. Way of the Hunter, the Tika Moon Plains DLC, PC, PlayStation, Series X, August 11th. Hammerwatch 2, all platforms, August 15th. Moving Out 2, all platforms, August 15th. Wayfinder, PC and PlayStation, August 15th. Quasimorph, PC only, August 16th. WWE 2K23, Bad News, UPAC DLC. Um, PC, PlayStation, Xbox. August 16th, Shadow Game at the Curse Crew, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, August 17th. On the same day, Vampire Survivors hits the Switch. Oh, man, the people are going to be on the toilet playing that game forever. <laughs> lots, uh, of, bum, lots of sleepy bum, legs. Right. Bomb Rush, Cyberfunk, PC, and Switch, August 18th. Uh, Madden 24, the pre-order, August 18th. Maybe the regular one comes out afterwards. I'm not sure. I think it's one of those like pre-order. It's like, an early date. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I know a few people are looking forward to this. It's like a 4v5. Yeah. Uh, PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series X. Game August Pass. 18th. Yeah. The Powerball PC, August 21st. Immortals of Avium, PC, PS5, Series X, August 22nd. Blasphemous 2, August 24th, uh, all platforms. I haven't even finished the first one, not even close. Um, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, PC, PS5, Series X, PS4, Xbox One, August 25th. My brother was texting me today. He is very 
very annoyed that there's no co-op mode and he said he's probably not going to buy the game but i know him he probably will still buy the game but he'll bitch about it the whole time uh i was also bummed to hear that there was no co-op mode because that would have been fun to play with him uh daymare 1994 sandcastle pc ps5 xbox Goodbye Volcano High, PC and PlayStation, August 29th. Samba de Amigo, Party Central on the Switch, August 29th. Sea of Stars, PC, PlayStation 4 and Switch, August 29th. Under the Waves, PC, PlayStation, and Xbox, August 29th. Taito Milestones 2 is probably an arcade collection, August 31st. The Tenants, Pets DLC, PC only, August 31st. Trine 5, A Clockwork Conspiracy. Uh, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, August 31st. War Hospital, PC, PS5, Xbox, Series X, August 31st. Ark Survival Ascended, uh, to be determined for August. PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Big Fat Battle, no date. PC, On Guard, no date. Supposed to be August. Um, yeah, there's our there's our August there. So. There it is. Yeah. Well. Thanks for giving us a little rundown. I know a lot of people are interested in that Armor Core 6, like you mentioned. And then that Immortals of Avium is something I'm kind of keeping an eye on. That's that, like, uh, fantasy, magic-based Call of Duty game. Yeah, that looked cool. Yeah, so... That did look cool. That's something we'll be keeping an eye on. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and plug our server, our Discord again, thedultgamer.com. Come check us out come join the server let's chat about video games and other things in the world and life uh first thursday of the month is our halo thursday and that will be this thursday i I don't know if i'll be there uh it is my wife and i's anniversary so we'll see what happens so uh but anyways the big thing is uh first thursday of the month i know b daddy and at least anthem will be there so hopefully you can come join us and, and shoot some uh, Spartans and have some fun. So uh, Fight Club, I, I know you missed it last Friday. So uh, you're going to be yeah, there this Friday? Power. Yeah, <laughs> as long as we don't have another crazy storm that knocks out knocks out internet and power. Uh, yes, yes. Fight Club, Friday night's tag. Come check out our Discord. Come to the fighting game channel. Join the Fight Club role. Um, I know that Sithy Audible and myself are super into Street Fighter 6, and I brought the guys from Oh God, It Hurts. Well, at least I brought Six Button Samurai. Um, Game Agent ET is working on getting a PS5. But So Six Button Samurai is playing with us. Our old buddy, um, who we affectionately call Frejo, he goes by the tag Ken Hughes. Um, and then my buddy Mark that works at Treyarch, he's been playing with us on Street Fighter Night. It's pretty fun. Uh, so come check it out. Friday night's tag fight club. Well, good, good to have. I mean, maybe one night you guys will jump back into some Mortal Kombat or something that before Mortal Kombat. Oh, 1. But when MK. Oh yeah, I'm sure when MK One <laughs> comes out, I'm I'm gonna be playing that. And then also, I'm excited to check out Tekken Eight. We'll see what happens. It's got to be better than Tekken Seven, right? Well, at least on Xbox, hopefully, because uh, they never updated Tekken 7 on Xbox. That's why it was crap, 720p. Well, usually this is the part of the episode where we get into a little deep dive, and I think we kind of did that with Diablo and just kind of recognizing, hey, 
sometimes games just don't hit it anymore for you. So uh, we'll kind of forego that this episode. But Hop, it's always a good time talking video games with you. It's always a enjoyable to get your insight on things as well as just a you know just figure out what's going on in the world of video games and and make make it happen on what we feel is interesting so i appreciate you sir for hanging out with another episode with me uh what uh you know anything you want to give a shout out to or or just yeah a- give a sh- i'm gonna give a shout out to the guys at ruminations radio network.com they host my show the retro futurist culture where i talk about alternate timelines anime cyberpunk john carpenter movies cool stuff like that you know you might hear fen's voice on a few episodes hopefully hopefully i can get him on soon to talk about the warriors i still ah, have no. to when you do that sketch that episode out yeah i think i think my buddy matt who plays uh Warzone Modern Warfare 2 with me. He's on Tag 2. He's the old guy, a.k.a. Ajax. Um, he's a big fan of that movie, too, so I'd like to get him on that episode. Um, but, yeah, come come check us out, RuinationsRadioNetwork.com. Check out my show, Retro Futures Culture, and also the Oh God, It Hurts podcast where they talk about games as well. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, well, I am Fenrir. I'd just like to give a shout-out to... Two of my buddies, Warlock and McSwitch, they they have been holding it down with me and Hunt, and we've had some good times with that. So uh, I just want to they they've been tolerating some of my shenanigans in there with uh, you know throwing decoys and uh, at them and messing with them. So I appreciate them and uh, have been having a ton of fun. And uh, again, if you're interested in playing some Hunt, you know, let me know. I'll, I'll sherpa you through. I'll teach you the ways of the Bayou because it's a good time. But until then, I'm hot. Well, I can't. Why do I do that? Like, <laughs> and I'm why, Finn. Yeah, I'm I'm Finn. He's hop. There we go. I'm Finn. He's hop. We'll catch you on the flippity flip.